Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach Podcast. You're on once again with Chizo, and I have a special guest with me this week. It's uh, I haven't heard his voice in a while. Nicey, did you know that it is uh, nearly three months, just over three months, in fact, since we did the last podcast together, that we uh, we've, we we haven't heard each other's voices in a little while. How are you? I'm good, mate. Yeah, I've uh, I've been counting the days, mate, so it's uh, it's good to finally be back on with you. I'm, I'm looking forward to tonight. Should be good. You've just been uh, getting that, that red texture just crossing off each day on the old school calendar on the wall. They're just... Uh, circled tonight as as the next meetup with Cheese. You've just been looking forward to it for a few months. Exactly, mate. Got the got the little days tally going in uh, on my on my jail room uh, cell there. So, <laughs> look, it, it, it's great to hear your voice. I hope it's likewise for you. We're entering round twelve, which is the first round officially of the multi buy rounds. Even though only one round split the uh, uh, the Suns and Power buy this week, we have the Blues, the Hawks, the Bulldogs, and the Eagles having a little bit of a rest here, nicely as they refresh for the second half of the season. We're doing the round recap. Uh, we'll see how we go here, Nicey. Uh, uh, a few interesting things to mention. First off is uh, only just recently we found that Fremantle are challenging Nat Fife's one-game suspension for trying to decapitate uh, an op- opposition player. Um, very lucky if he gets off, but we hope he does. And uh, just quickly before we jump into the round review, we'll go through the Cancer Council. We've had a couple of more... Um uh, donations here. Um, Matt Shower, apologies if I don't pronounce that correctly, copped a donut for loophole and Gorn, but forgetting to put the emergency on Nick Nat. Nicey, that's the cardinal sin. I'm guilty of that uh, so far this year. So, Matt, appreciate the donation. And uh, Adam Schneider, I'm... Uh, I'm, I'm not sure that it's the, uh, the Saints and uh, Swans uh, premiership player, but um, it says, thanks, Pistol, for the assistance. Thanks, Norton, for the donor. And we thank you for your donation, Adam. So uh, I appreciate coming into our cause for the Cancer Council. We've nearly raised 1300 for the year, so uh, it's fantastic. And we're almost halfway to our yearly goal. So if you do uh, have a donut over these multi-buy rounds, feel free to donate for donuts, uh, which is a, a little um, promotion that we've got going. I guess promotion is not the right word here nicely because uh, we're taking money from people but um <laughs> well at least it's going to the cancer council but yeah if you do have a uh, a, a donut donate for donuts is always a, a good cause to try and get some positivity out of it because it, uh, it can sting a little bit mate hey we'll jump into the round review here on the Friday night game, Swans and Carlton. Uh, Carlton actually put up a, a bit more of a fight here, mate, than I really expected. It's only the uh, the class of the Swans getting away in the second half. And uh, we did see the return of Callum Sinclair. I remember uh, just as the season was kind of entering, you know, its uh, second month, really, uh, we were questioning whether Callum Sinclair could keep this up for the entire season. He almost immediately had some uh, poorer scores and uh, brought his average down. But it's nice to see that he and Cruz went head-to-head and they both scored well this week. Nicey. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, sets us up for another good encounter with uh, Gorn and Grundy next week. So we know that both Ruckman can can score highly uh, in the games. But yeah, Callum Sinclair, fantastic this week. Um, yeah, just uh, just doing well. But probably probably not one that's, uh, that's going to come into a lot of consideration. Only in 3% of teams. Uh, break even at 95 this week. But uh, yeah, like you said, good, good to see a good game out of the young kid. 
A couple goals definitely helped out. Cruiser won the hitouts, but uh, just didn't quite have the same kind of impact around the ground and being able to convert it onto the scoreboard. So Callum Sinclair has taken his game to the next level this year, but I think we've seen uh, just in the last few rounds what he can produce when uh, the Swans aren't completely dominating. And so we should uh, um, move on to the midfield of the Sydney Swans here, mate. They really kind of, uh, the class showed through, as I said, in the second half. The likes of uh, Parker, Heaney, running through there, JPK, they are all fantastic. Lots of good scores there. Um, good to see that Parker's actually uh, putting up a few numbers as well. He hasn't been playing terribly. He's been playing a, a, the kind of role that you'd like him to. He just hasn't been having that impact. Um, Franklin Nicey is one I do want to touch on. 105. He's gone back-to-back just small tons when we thought that this was going to be... Uh, I know Pistol VC'd Franklin uh, this past weekend thinking he was going to go uh, bananas and kick 15 goals. So um, is it a little bit sceptical in the next few weeks that he's actually going to be that that player that a lot of people brought in uh, thinking that he'd be averaging 150 over over this month with the run that they had? I'm a little bit interested that at this stage, I, I think it's obvious that we have to wait until they're by, but... Um, he might be, uh, he, he, with his break-even and uh, his price, he, he might be a little bit elevated off uh, uh, the back of a, a few good scores if we don't pick him up before his buy. Yeah, potentially, Cheezo. I'm not uh, not too sure. They've got some Kilda this week, um, so could be in for a big score um, against them at Etihad, small ground there at Etihad. Um, but then West Coast, Richmond and Geelong are coming up. So it's it's not a not a super easy trot, but I think with Franklin, definitely wait till after the bye. Um, he's got a break-even of 110 this week, uh, so we'll just wait and see how he plays maybe against St Kilda. If you're going to pick him up, get him against uh, this week with St Kilda. But otherwise, like you said, I think it's best to just wait, wait till after the bye. It's similar to to see what happened with Rocky. I mean, um, I thought I was going to be the only idiot that picked up Rocky. It turns out that it just turned into one of those hype things. It gets all over social media. It gets on other different podcasts, and people put their views out like us. And then everyone jumps on Rocky, and and everyone kind of uh, gets the next couple of days just to whinge and, and moan about the whole situation. With Franklin, he's got a five-round average of 85, a three-round average of 92. He's fallen below the 100 average for the season. I mean... We've been talking about the last two games. He should have gone well against Brisbane, but the weather kind of pre- uh, prevented that. He should have gone well at home against um, against Carlton, but didn't really uh, suit him on the night. He just didn't. Uh, it just didn't click. He's coming up against St Kilda, that literally have no backline at the present time, and that showed um, on the uh, on the past weekend. So. Um, it is going to be interesting. If there was one of the games that I think he could pull out a big score, I'd, I'd think it would be this one. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's just one of those things with those break that break even. I, I, I still think you have to wait until after the buy. If you didn't pick him up before the month, uh, that really good month before uh, the, before his buy, I think you, you do have to wait to pick him up after it if you're planning on getting him. I, I don't think the two weeks leading up to his buy are probably uh, a great purchase at this stage he nicely um considering he will have a buy uh the next player i want to touch on um from this game we should obviously talk about patty cripps getting tagged out by uh probably the second best tagger in the league uh, 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 in george hewitt here mate yeah not good unfortunately from cripps this week uh Chizo had uh, as you said come up against george hewitt who's uh established himself as uh probably as you said the second best tagger in the game behind uh behind benny jacobs from north melbourne so we've just got to be careful Probably more so when choosing our uh, vice-captaincy and captaincy options um, when teams are playing Sydney and North Melbourne 
probably best not to go. Uh, for those who may, may have put the VC on Cripps this week, probably not the option to go. But um, yeah, lowest score of the year from Paddy Cripps with a 54 this week. Um, only had the 17 touches, eight clangers uh, sort of brought him down as well and had four free kicks against. So yeah, not a, not a great week from Cripps, but hopefully can bounce back after his buy round. Yeah, and definitely a strange trade by JB to bring him in. So uh, we'll move past that into the the next game. Here, just throwing some shade at JB because he's not here. Um, we'll jump into the next game: Western Bulldogs and Melbourne. Uh, some absolute standout players. Tom McDonald being one of them, mate. Four goals, two, thirteen contested possessions, leading all comers on the ground. He's just been a a, a, re- a relevation, relevation, revelation. <laughs> since he's, he's come into the side uh, nicely. Um, he's really straightening things up, and it also allows uh, Jesse Hogan just to play a little bit freer, and uh, he, he's just impacting the game. And uh, as we've heard in a, a lot of uh, you know um, the media hype going on, he, he could be earning himself an extra 200K on top of his, uh, his new deal this year because he's just in awesome form. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Chizo, and he'll probably... Uh, probably go up 200k in Supercoach as well by the time uh, by the time he's finished this <laughs> season. Um, currently sitting at 538,000. He's hit the ton three of his six games uh, and outside of those three games, he's not been too far off all three scores in the 80s. Um, so, yeah, fantastic fantastic from Tom McDonald. As you said, his, uh, his impact on freeing up Hogan uh, has been fantastic as well. My man, uh, Jesse Hogan. But... Um, yeah, again, only owned by five percent of teams, so it might be might be one that's looked at uh, come there by uh, post their buy round, I think. And you know, it could be handy. You know, if he keeps this up, I know, I know we're saying he is playing forward. How long can he keep these kind of scores up? But he, you know, he could be a little bit of a, a sneaky F six with a, a Sicily um, back and forth, depending on what you needed. Um, if rather than getting a, a key for some donut spud that you can use your DPP forward back with. Um, it's interesting to note that Max Gorn, 141 DT, 139 Supercoach. I feel like he just absolutely slaughtered this game and there was a 150, 160 just went begging. Yeah, absolutely. 57 hitouts, which is a staggering amount of, of, uh, of touches there. No, uh, sorry, 10 contested possessions, no clearances, and three clangers probably brought his score down uh, a little bit. Went at 78% and played 89% uh, game time. Um, so yeah, just not uh, maybe not doing the the right things at the right times, Maxi. But I tell you what, Chizo, I think uh, I think Maxi Gorn's just flying under the radar a little bit as a captaincy option. I, we've got no way to substantiate this, but but just from my opponents that I've been playing, um, I I put chuck the VC on Gorn this week, and he, when he pumped out the one thirty nine, I I took that without a second's hesitation. I, th- I think any score over one hundred and twenty we take. Um, we just bank it and, and lock it in, maybe one twenty five. But um, yeah, Maxi Gorn, I, I think. Um, in my side, anyway, he's uh, he's averaging probably about ten points more than than my next best best player in in Nat Fife. So I think Maxi Gorn definitely has to be looked at um, outside of the midfield options as a as a vice captaincy option. Would you Would you agree, Chizo? Oh, I definitely agree. I definitely think you need to start investing in Brody Grundy if he's ten points ahead of your next best player. But uh, we'll, uh, we should talk about. Uh, we've talked about Max Gorn having his DTSC ratio pretty much one for one. We'll talk about someone that always has the ratio tipping towards the Supercoach side of things. That's Marcus Bontempelli, one hundred and twenty-eight, two goals, twelve contested possessions. Five clearances. It did seem. Uh, it did seem like he played a little bit more around the ball, which is when he starts to rack up those super coach points. But 
I don't know if we can consider this being a season-long thing because with Beveridge, you just know you just don't know which given week he's going to be in a good Supercoach role. No, for sure. And uh, I think I said on the podcast last week with uh, with Pistol that um, it was time to trade him after that forty-seven last week. So apologies to any any listeners that uh, that took my advice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Bond as. <laughs> He's actually gone uh, in his last five games. He's hit the ton four times. But uh, yeah, like you said, it's it's that uh, it's that unknown factor about Bont that uh, that sort of makes Supercoach uh, players a bit wary, um, like myself. But um, yeah, Bont returned to form with one twenty eight this week. Be be thanking yourself if you if you held on to him and didn't listen to myself. Yeah, oh, he, he, the last uh, we'll just go through his last six, uh, five games here: 145, 132, 120, 128, and a 47 in between the last two. So he's just had that one bad week. That I, I understand your frustration, nicey. That when you need him to perform, he just pulls out a doo-doo score, and uh, it just ruins your weekend. So I'd be trading him too if I was in your position. You can get the flick out of your team. <laughs> Jack McRae, uh, we should talk about him. He is just slowing down a little bit. It was going to be impossible for him to average 150 for the entire season. We have seen him just kind of uh, taper off in the last few weeks, 105. Is it panic signs here, Nicey, or should we be licking our lips for those that didn't jump on and just watch that price come tumbling down and we can jump on post his buy this week? Yeah, absolutely. Lick our lips. And look, you know, he still pumped out two scores of 100 in the last couple of weeks. So the only the only way you would be frustrated if you have picked him up uh, at that 750 sort of thousand mark that he was at uh, a couple of weeks ago. But absolutely, one to watch after the buy. Got a break even of 215 this week, so there's no way he's getting that. So might might uh, might be dropping a little bit more this week, which will be nice for, the, for uh, those of us who haven't picked him up yet. Well, uh, the, I should clarify, you, do, you wouldn't be picking him up straight off his buy. It could be one you could pick him up uh, post-buy rounds or a little bit later in the buy rounds. I know I'm going to be targeting him heavily towards round 14, 15 when he has dropped a bit of cash. As you say, he is 215 uh, a break even. He's got a season low score of 98. A season low Nicey. That yeah. is just incredible consistency. And as you said, like he said, we consider that the last two weeks he's had poor games. He's averaging, well, he had 102 and 105 in those two poor games. And before that, he was averaging something ridiculous like 150. So uh, across the previous month, it is definitely someone that we should be looking at. If you can bank the mummy, if you can gather the funds to, to put 700k down to get a Jack McRae, then absolutely no dramas to you. But I'm a little bit strapped for cash, so I can't afford it. So I have to be a little bit tech savvy and uh, just kind of save a little bit of coin here nicely and hopefully I can pick him up a little bit later on. I was hoping that uh, that uh, Rocky could be my M8 just until he came down in price and I can push him to an M9 once I get Jack McRae. But Looks like Rocky's just going to doo-doo all over my team. So um, talking about doo-doo, Tom, uh, Toby McLean, 63. Not what we want from uh, a guy that has been putting up fantastic numbers this year. I think he'll ba- bounce back uh, nicely, so um, not too worried about that one. Ed Richards just ticking along with a 63. He's been pretty good as well. And uh, another upgrade option we should look at in the next fortnight here nicely, Clayton Oliver, 125. I still think he's under-owned because... He just kind of uh, sneaks under the radar. He is in 16% of teams. I feel like the fact that he's only in 16% of teams should entice you to pick him up post his buy uh, because I I still uh, really think he's going to be one of those top eight midfielders uh, to end the season. Yeah, absolutely. At 16% for a a premium sort of midfielder like Clayton Oliver, he really is 
uh, really does make him a point of difference option, even though he's still in 16% of teams, which is, which is quite a fair number, um, considering you know the the amount of players that are in in the league that uh, that you can choose from. So not not. Uh, not a small number there, but um, yeah, no, absolutely. I've had Clayton Oliver since uh, Crouch did his hamstring in in round two, I think he was. So I brought brought Oliver in for Crouch, but um, he's been very serviceable and and you know cracks a ton most weeks. I think he's only missed out four of uh, four of the eleven games. So he's uh, yeah, he's doing really well and ha- had a great game on the weekend as well. The last uh, three round average, sorry, five round average is is averaging one hundred and fifteen point six. So. Uh, definitely, if he can, if he can uh, just boost that score up a little bit more, um, he's definitely um, going to be well into that elite category. And as you say, definitely finish inside the top eight midfielders, you would think. All right, I've got a tricky one here for you. You've got Charlie Spargo. He's got a break even of 51, five round average of 56, three round average of 50.7. He's not looking like he's going to start uh, generating any cash in the near future while he's got this 31 in his rolling average. He's got his buy next week. Um, is it almost time uh, to jump off him, or can we uh, we can wait that one more week to get to his buy? Because I'm uh, I'm actually trading him out this week to get in uh, Paul Laherne. I'm going a week early on him just to, to to kind of bank a little bit cash before the buy, so I can go uh, triple upgrade next week. I'm going to bank that cash. Uh, what do you think of that idea, mate? I'm just bringing uh, one of my own little maneuvers in, and just just to get your opinion on on Charlie, or uh, if you're in the right situation, do you reckon you should hold? No, I, I don't mind that move, Cheezo. The problem I have with it is this. So, Charlie Spargo's break-even is currently 51. Now, he's may or may not crack that, but even if he does, he's not going to go up by much. Only went up by 5.6k this week. Uh, Paula Hearn, you've, you've gone early on. Um, and there's a lot that can happen, as we know, in football over the space of, of two or three weeks. And Hearn is going to have the bye um, in round 13. So, you're going to, you're going to miss out on him uh, next week. Um, or sorry, the week after next. So, yeah, it depends where you stand. If there's another player, we'll have a look uh, at some players coming up that are on the bubble. Um, you're burning two trades, but is it, are you better to bank more cash with someone that's going to rise in price this week uh, as opposed to in two or three weeks' time if he stays in the side? That's the risk that you, yeah. you're, you've got to take, Chizo. I think. Um, but, yeah, like you said, I don't mind the move because if you do hang on to Spargo, don't expect him to rise in cash by too much. Yeah, and and you do you did just uh, sum up something really really important there. We talked about um, Tim Smith being the fantastic option last week. He's going to mm. make us a thousand uh, points per minute. Uh, he plays well. The problem is he only played about four minutes, so he didn't make much uh, as much cash as we thought last uh, in the, in the previous week. Twenty six. He's obviously uh, copped that knock that has hindered him a little bit. Uh, Jack McRae did snipe him from the back after he uh, got rid of the ball, and there's some sort of uh, whiplash injury going on. Um, his uh, neck nearly came off him. The uh, amount of force that uh, Jack McRae put through him. Uh, a bit of a Sam Mitchell hit, I, I should say. I'm going to come out and put that out right now. Uh, 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 it just gave me. Uh, I just that uh, put put a knee into the back of the thigh to give him a corky as well, and it would have been Sam Mitchell all over again. So <laughs> um, he's uh, got a break even of negative fourteen, but with that uh, twenty six in his rolling average, even if he he comes up this week, he's not projected to make as much money as we'd hoped. Uh, potentially uh, only thirty to forty k, depending on what he puts up if he plays. So keep an eye on that one. But as you say. Um, you could wait two weeks and pick up a Hearn off his buy, and then he, uh, he he has an injury like this. So I'm kind of banking the cash a little bit just because I, I feel I need to. Yep. And uh, I, I was hoping to get um, a, a, another rookie uh, at this stage, but he's looking like a, a points-on-field 
kind of scenarios well that I'm looking at as well. Uh, we might as well jump into the next game, Hawks and the Power. Absolute ripper game uh, down at York Park in Tassie. Uh, very, very close. Uh, Titch just absolutely racked it up in the first half and uh, looked like he was, I think he almost cracked the ton before half time or at half time. They sent Tom Rockliffe of all people to Tom Mitchell and in the second half uh, being tagged by uh, Rocky, he only had eight disposals and just basically uh, shut him down for the rest of the game. Yeah, absolutely. It was a bit unfortunate. Tommy Mitchell, he was, as you said, he was, he was on track for nearly the the double ton there. But um, look, you know, we we uh, the issue is not Mitchell here. It's uh, it's really Tom Rockliffe, isn't it? With that role being successful in that role, anyone that's picked him up as a midfield eight position uh, or nine moving forward, as, as Pistol uh, has, um, it's it's a bit of a worry, isn't it, Chizo? That uh, that a player like Tommy Rockliffe can come in play a role. Uh, that well and keep one of the game's best players to eight touches uh, after half time, um, and then yeah, is it a role that that we're going to see more of uh, with Tommy Mitchell? Uh, sorry, Tom Rockliffe moving forward. Well, that's exactly right. We have seen um, we've seen a few instances of Rocky tagging at the Brisbane Lions. He's now done it at Port Adelaide. The thing is, you'd think if he's running around with Titch and he's uh, he's trying to negate him, Titch is uh, he's always in the right spots to get the ball. So you just expect Rocky to be around it. They both know how to find it. You would have expected that even if he's getting tagged or doing a tagging job, being around the ball so much, he would be able to get some of it himself. Mm. But he was so so uh, dead set on doing his role for the team and doing the team thing that he just uh, forgot about the uh, the Sharon that was bouncing around, which was a little bit disappointing and yeah. disappointing for owners that. Um, I think it's safe to say we got sucked in. We got sucked in nicely. I'm going to come out and say it. this was yeah. this was a red herring. This was a red herring. This was uh, this is that uh, that little clown in the gutter trying to get you down with sweets <laughs> and stuff like that. Like that uh, that horror movie that is uh, definitely I didn't watch and and cry in the cinema. Um, <laughs> uh, that's what Rocky is. He 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 does it time and time again. He sweetens us up. And then just doo-doos all over our side. And that 100-plus average for the rest of the season and that cover during the buys we thought we were going to get, it just ended up being a waste of money by the look of that. You know, things change. He could have a good week this week coming up, but I, I just feel shattered. I feel shattered that I got sucked in again. And uh, it's rocky. So who knows what he could come out with this week. Uh, but we shouldn't dwell on it too much here, mate. We should touch on the three big guns in uh, the port forward line, uh, or at least yeah. selectable in our forward line here. Gray, Westoff, and Boak. We've labelled them one, two, three. We've gone back and front talking about which one we should get, why we shouldn't get this one. We said that Gray should be the bottom, of the, almost the bottom of the list because he's playing exclusively forward. He paid 97% in the forward line against the Hawks this weekend. He's still the second top scorer for Port Adelaide, Nicey. Yeah, I'm not sure what to make of it, Cheese. Robbie Gray has been in my side from uh, from round two. I think I traded him in uh, after he'd uh, served that little suspension in round one. Uh, Westhoff and Boak, as you said, we've been talking about them for the last few weeks and not sure, not too sure what to make of it, really. As you said, the, the only benefit um, from those boys is obviously moving forward. They'll, they'll be excellent cover throughout the buys. Um, if I had to go one at the moment, I'd probably be going Justin Westhoff, but... I, yeah, I do try and stay away from the key forwards, and, and I'm not sure how I like the setup of, of Gray and Westhoff in my in my side uh, at the one time going forward for the rest of the year. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see on that one. Not not one not either of uh, of those players I'm jumping on right away after their performance this week. 
Yeah, uh, I, I, I kind of uh, agree with your sentiments on that thing. Uh, the, the problem is we do need that cover across the buy. So having their scoring in our forward line and uh, even West offers DPP, uh, I, I guess I suppose uh, Bokers as well. So that definitely helps uh, kind of maneuver your way about, around the buy, particularly um, if you need to, you've got the, like, the likes of uh, Jack Higgins or a Spargo or a Hearn or something like that. You can manipulate your side around. So that does help. Their scores also help here, here nicely. So um, I'd probably be, uh, as I've said in, in recent weeks, because Westoff is able to zone back and go forward and pinch out in the ruck and things like that, he's probably going to be around the ball a little bit more. So I'd be uh, pushing in towards his kind of scoring. And he did put up a 96 in Dream Team for only a 75 in Supercoach. So that's not going to that's going to even up in, in future weeks. So um, that's not a bad thing. Uh, Sicily has just been doing Sicily things. Another 109. He's just intercepting and uh, and uh, getting intercept possessions and marks and things like that. He's been fantastic. If you don't have him, um, I think uh, after his buy round this week, you should be jumping on. And uh, we might as well jump into the next game here nicely. We've got the Suns and the Cats. It was the return of Gaz. And uh, he really wanted to uh, show exactly what the Suns are missing. And he really brought it and uh, turned up on the day. Yeah, a fantastic game from Ablett. Uh, 117 Supercoach points. Um, but still fell in cash, Chizo. Uh Fell 21,000 with a break-even of 90. No certainty to get that. You'd back him in for it, but no certainty to get that. Is Gary Ablett someone that you're looking at now... We talked about him a couple of weeks ago, thinking that he would fall sub 500k, and he has done this week. Uh, is Gary Ablett someone that you're looking to get maybe after his buy uh, in round 14? No, I've got a rule. I don't trade someone out and then bring him back in. I, I, I'm not like a pistol that gets rid of uh, a Sicily and then brings him back in, or gets rid of a Walters and then brings him back in. I once I got rid of Ablett, I knew that was the last time we're going to own him because he's going to be no good next year as a super coach option. <laughs> yeah, he's blacklisted. He he's not coming back in. Um, I, I guess uh, I know he is a good option, but I just I don't have a spot for him in my midfield. I want Jack McRae over him. His injury history is just putting me off and. It's just another rocky situation. I can't get sucked in twice. At some point, I have to learn from my mistakes here, Nicey. I understand that, mate, but it's it's. Gaz, and he's minus, he's sub 500k. Are you saying you, you <laughs> can't bring up a spot for Gary Ablett Jr. in your supercoach side? Is that what you're telling me? Oh, I guess that's what I'm telling you. I don't, have, <laughs> I don't have a spot for him, man. That's like, true. With, I, I, I've got Rocky at M9. I've got Josh Kelly coming in after his buy, provided everything works out. And I'm looking for Jack McRae to fill out that last spot in my midfield. So, so that my worst midfielder for the season. Uh, will be a Cornelio. And if he, he goes 105 at M8, then I'm happy. So, um, I mean, if I can find a spot for, uh, for Ablett, if someone gets injured potentially, but at this stage I'm not planning for him to come in because I'm not sure he's got 10 games left in him to get to the end of the season. So uh, without having a, a having a bit of a rest. Uh, Paddy Dangerfield, only just cracking the ton. I think it's obvious now uh, for those that don't have him, those that have held out uh, in getting him, wait until after he's by. That's going to be uh, yep. the most opportune time because he's... Uh, He's just not the the danger field that we know. And uh, potentially that's because Tim Kelly's stealing all his points. He was ridiculous back in the midfield again, 130. uh, Kicked a a couple snags as well. He's just a jet. Yeah, absolutely. 24 disposals again on the weekend. Uh, Not many games that he's uh, had less than that. Only the two clangers went at 79%. So, uh, So Tim Kelly has been fantastic for us. And I think... 
Um, I know we were talking about it on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, but I definitely think he's a he's an option for mid eight or at least hang on to him and and um, keep him as emergency cover. But but I think uh, I think he's just as good to have uh, on your field as, as a mid eight position. Personally, I'm, I'm I'd be happy with him there for the rest of the year. Nah, you're crazy. <laughs> we'll talk about Will Brody. Um, brought in at the probably the worst time for us because it's going to be so difficult to get a hold of him, um, especially with that elevated price when we're trying to bank cash during the buys. It's going to be difficult. Um, but we'll see uh, what Stewie does with him. And uh, Nick Holman, for all those that jumped off a few weeks ago, myself included, he's now got a negative six break even. And... He's just going to bank you more cash during the buys. And if he plays every single game, he's going to be an extra body on the field that can cover for you. And he can just cash him in right at the end of the round when you want to upgrade into a premium midfielder. For those that held him, it'd be a fantastic um, little, uh, um, probably escaping um, the clutches of uh, general advice, I think, when everyone was jumping off Holman and being advised to jump off. So if you still got him, that's good for you. Uh, we'll jump into the next game, Essendon and Richmond. The bloodbath. I, I I turned it off in half time. Nicely, I'm going to be honest. I didn't even bother, I didn't need to watch the second half. I didn't need to see Dusty just doing useless things and just racking up uh, half a possession a quarter and doing things that are undusty like. He's just kind of sitting back and just cruising around. He's not uh, not the Dusty that we know. Um, it, it, kind of similar with Dangerfield. They're both letting us down in that in that area a little bit. Um, Caddy. Is he a post-buy upgrade, Nicey? This is something I want to ask because he's been pretty good this year. Oh, I've I've loved Josh Caddy, uh, especially since he's come across to the Tigers. I, I think he's he's been teasing us a lot. And every time, I've, I reckon there's been about two or three times that I've brought Josh Caddy into my side uh, throughout my super coaching career. And every time I've done it, he's let us down. But how can you look past that five-round average uh, of 107.2? Uh, three-round average of 111.7, so he's just tempting us again. Um, just bear in mind that score of 146 is obviously going to have elevated that where he kicked the six goals uh, against the Saints a couple of weeks ago. Um, but again, break-even of 77, he's probably going to score that, probably going to bank you some cash still. Look, I I, can't, I have to advocate for him as finishing as a top top six forward like it's it's looks like it's going to happen Chizo. so how can you how can you advocate against that well i'm going to counteract you in my own argument here nicely just because i can and because this is what pistol does all the time just for fun absolutely I'm, i'm 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 being the devil on your shoulder here for a second he's got no consistency and yes, he, he's got a, a low score this year of 84, I think it is. But the, let's just go through his last seven games. He's gone an 89, a 111, an 88, a 113, a 99, a 146, a 90, presumably another 140 this week. It, it, on any, every second week, he's essentially getting a ton. And then every, uh, you know, every odd week, he's just not hitting the heights that he usually does. So... He's kind of not hitting that consistent boundary. Like you, you look at like a, a Boak this week isn't a great example, but he kind of gives you that you know that eighty to one hundred every week and just averages ninety. Whereas Caddy just seems to be bouncing a little bit higher, a little bit um, a lower, a bit more of a standard deviation that we think. So uh, on any given week, he could lose a year matchup just because he he put, pumps out an eighty instead of the one twenty against the the team he did the week before. So um, that's just my two cents. It, 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 He's still got a, a good... The averages look good. It's just bouncing around a little bit. Uh, Matt Guelphie was fantastic. Again, probably one of his better games for the year. Uh, again, in a uh, 
another smashing uh, against Essendon. 76, he's going to be making a little bit of, bit of money. And Devin Smith, his 77 doesn't really uh, show the impact that he had on the game. His pressure was still fantastic. So um, really, really good from him. And Callum Moore, um, he, he's averaging 60-odd, 64. He could be uh, a good uh, little cash grab, only 134K. So uh, keeping him in mind as a forward uh, kind of downgrade option if you, you you do need anyone in the next couple of weeks. Um, that pretty much wraps up, wraps up this uh, pathetic game that I don't even bother watching. <laughs> we'll go the Eagles and the Saints here, mate. I know this is your uh, these are your mobs, so why don't you take us through what you picked up during this game because even though it's 13 points, they kick five on the trot to end of the game and just kind of put a little bit of respectability onto the score. Yeah, absolutely, Jeezo. Look, uh, I uh, yeah, better, better performance from the Saints than I thought. There's one big talking point out of the game that I want to bring up. Um, that we've been we've been looking at someone that we've been looking at over the last couple of weeks as a as a real sort of defensive option uh, for us super coaches. But Jimmy Webster, um, a lot of lot of players been getting on board him uh, at the moment. Finished up with a sixty two for the game. Now that was a change of role. Uh, played more of a, as a lockdown lockdown defence uh, with St Kilda's injuries and suspensions to to some key backs in in uh, Nathan Brown and uh, Jakey Carlisle obviously missing with suspension. So. A few of those, uh, Sammy Gilbert as well, a few of those not coming back uh, anytime soon. So that might be a more permanent sort of role for Jimmy Webster than uh, than uh, the sort of intercept defense, uh, defender that he's been playing in the last couple of weeks. So a little bit of concern for, for Webster owners there, mate. But um, otherwise, looking looking across uh, to the Eagles side, there's some big scores there. Um, Nat Nui pumped out a 129. Uh, Josh Kennedy also 122. But Shannon Hearn's been flying under the radar, scored, uh, scored 117. Uh, from 21 kicks and two handballs, mate. Is Hearn someone that's coming into your into your consideration? Well, he's sneaky, sneaky uh, under the radar, as you said. He's only in four percent of teams. He's got a season average of 100.5, a three round average of 101, five round average of 98. He's just consistent. He just gives you that score every single week. Um, you know, the 80s, 90s. Uh, you know, 110 here and there. I am a little bit worried that they're going to hit a few tough sides, particularly away. Obviously, this week they've got Sydney at the SCG. They, uh, fortnight after that, they have um, Adelaide at uh, Adelaide Oval. They play Collingwood in the MC- at the MCG. Again, they've got to travel against a team that's playing well. Um, they have North at Blundstone Arena before the end. There's a Port Adelaide at Adelaide Oval. There's a few really tough matchups where they have to play away. I am a little bit worried that's going to impact, say, the likes of a gaff um, and, and these kind of uh, inside mids. And uh, and just as a whole, I just don't think there's going to be the spread of those super coach points to go through the West Coast side. I think if Hearn kind of, his his ceiling is like a 110, 115 like he scored this mm. week, I don't think he's going to be putting out 130s on a consistent basis. He'll do it, you know, once or twice during the year as he already has. I'm just thinking those tougher games, we are going to see him just kind of just roll back a little bit. Um, and he might be putting up 70s and 80s in that. And it might just, I, I don't think he's going to be, um, you know, a top six option to finish the year. I think he's had a great start. I'm just worried he might just kind of peel back a little bit in the coming weeks. And you can see from this game against the Saints, um, they just absolutely dominated. And the the top point scorers on the day were all just dominated by um, the West Coast players. So I think when they're going well and they're being flat-track bullies, I, I don't even know if we can consider them that this year, but he's going to rack up the points. I guess his, his unique nature of only being a 4% of teams is great uh, for a selection. 
But it also means that when he starts peeling back those scores, as I think he will, you're the one that's hurting. There's 96% of the competition that aren't hurting from yeah. owning him. So it, it, it's kind of like a Jimmy Webster scenario. Jimmy Webster's it's happening because of injuries and he's having to change a role because he's the second tallest in their back line, even though he's their best user. I think uh, Hearn is going to do a similar thing where he's just going to peel back a little bit less from a, a change of role, but from West Coast not being just quite as dominant. Um, but we should talk about a uh, rookie price player, Logan yes. Austin. He has been dominant, 159K, 160K, sorry, averaging 99 across his first two. Even though he's got the round 14 by, you're almost uh, considering to bring him in as a defensive option, particularly if you're looking to kind of downgrade a, a due day just to, to pick up a Simpson next week. Um, I'm going to bring a little bit of buy-around structure into this bit, Cheese, a bit of buy-around planning. Um, I was not looking at to bring anyone that I'm thinking long-term uh, to have in my side uh, in this round because they're obviously going to be missing the next two weeks. So once they've had their buy-around, that's when I'm, I'm looking to get players in. Having said that, when players are on the bubble... And someone like Logan Austin from St Kilda, who's averaging 99 uh, across his first two games, um, you, you have to bring him in, or it's going to be money lost. He's projected, he's got a break even of negative 102 this week, uh, and he's projected to go up about 75k uh, if he hits about a score of 67. So potentially looking at a, at a rise of about 75 to 90k this week. Um, and obviously, that's that's going to skyrocket in the next few weeks as well. His job security is fantastic at St Kilda, obviously, at the moment, with all the injuries and suspensions that they've got at the moment. Um, so Logan Austin is, is one that I'd def- definitely be looking at uh, to bring in this week, potentially uh, bank the cash from a, uh, a Sam Murray or, or someone like that that, uh, that you may still have, or a, or a Lachlan Murphy or one of those type of, type of players. Yeah, perfect. Really, really well summed up. Elliot Yo only the 70, but he was getting tagged by Hunter Clark and just brought him down a little bit, but he should bounce back. Uh, we'll jump into the Lions and the Ruse. Uh, again, the, the Ruse kind of jumped the Lions uh, and were way, way ahead, but it just kind of fell away towards the end of the game just a little bit. Um, some really, really good scores from Beams and Zorko. We were worried that one of those two were going to get uh, going to get tagged by Benny Jacobs, and uh, even though that he was getting tagged by, uh, by Jacobs, Zorko's uh, Zorko uh, still managed to put up 103. Yeah, good game from Zorko. And again, one that we've talked about over the last couple of weeks as, as being a potential option, even though he's he's burnt us big time in the past. But uh, the 16 kicks and six handballs from Zorko only played the 60, uh, sorry, 91% of game time, but uh, only went at the 68% efficiency. So um, definitely, definitely points... Uh, points there for Zorks that uh, that he could continue to bank as the season as the season progresses and one that's sort of sneaking in as, as a cheap sort of option Chizo. yeah and uh, another option that um, is a little bit get sneaky going under the radar how good is Harris Andrews this is a, a young key defender that is uh, in most categories ahead of where Jeremy McGovern and Alex Rance was and I, I saw this kind of uh, um, you know like a, a lockdown defender 90 average um, being one of the, the better in the league uh, kind of key defenders he's got that 90 average he's only like 21 or maybe even 22 he's just a, a phenomenal talent he put up 102 again on the weekend he destroyed Buddy the week before um, when they played Sydney 
he's just uh, I'm not considering as an option uh, there nicely I just uh, I really feel like I need to touch on him because I own him in draft and Pistol hates me um, but <laughs> but Mitch Robinson we should touch on uh, we were worried he was going to get a little a uh, potential suspension he has been cleared of uh, rough conduct or he did get a, a, a fine I believe but he has now been confirmed with a broken toe and he will uh, miss in the next couple of weeks it is uh, a little bit disappointing because he, he was looking at being a pretty decent option for our forward lines, but we do have to uh, kind of disregard him at this stage. And they did have a lot of injuries on the, the Brisbane side. I know uh, McCluggage, Cameron, and Christensen all were injured. Christensen uh, got knocked out pretty much immediately. Uh, ended up on minus three with only uh, a free kick against uh, and uh, obviously a clanger from that free kick uh, to his name. It's it's terrible when you uh, you get pretty much concussed as soon as the ball's bounced, and uh, statistically you were better off not playing. Yeah, yeah, exactly right, Chizo. Not uh, <laughs> not good. It also puts his break even up to one hundred and thirteen. Uh, so not good for the twelve percent of teams. Twenty four thousand uh, teams that that uh, still own Christensen at the moment. But uh, I think for the most of us, we've uh, we've jumped off him a while ago. So it's uh, not too bad result for for the other. What's that? Uh, Eighty. 80- 88% of the competition, 78% yeah. of the competition. Um, yeah, for those that uh, that do have him, he's uh, unlikely to play this week, so there's no rush to trade him out unless you want to bank that cash. But if he does play, because of that break-even is so high, he's going to lose cash. So if he is playing this week, that's when I would trade him. The only potential on holding him this week is if he's not playing. I hope that makes sense. Uh, we should talk about a, a couple of the North Melbourne guys. Again, Paul Lahern, first game. Uh, what a story from the guy. 84 uh, Supercoach, 29 touches, 3 tackles, 13 contested possessions. He was fantastic as a first player, uh, first game player. I think he was pick 4 in the 2012 or 2013 draft, one of the, uh, around that area. He was great. Another player that uh, did get a, 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 uh, a game as a late replacement for Jared Waite, I believe, is Tom Murphy. And uh, shout-outs to those coaches that were trying to do the loophole this week and put the C on Tom Murphy taking uh, um, t- trying to take his captaincy score to get uh, say a Max Gorn or, or, or places uh, t- uh, players like that um, ending up with his 40 uh, as their captaincy score that's not very good nicely so uh, unluckily those that have him but we should talk about your your boy here Luke McDonald here was your preseason height pick he let us down to begin the year is this the turnaround nicely is this the one where he starts going 130 for the rest of the year? Jeez, Chizo, you've uh, you've done well to remember that one, mate. <laughs> that's uh, that's going back a long time. Uh, but yeah, look, maybe uh, Luke McDonald he, he played uh, a bit of a midfield role, if I'm not mistaken, this week, which was uh, which was good to see. Played off a wing, uh, 34 possessions, six marks, and four tackles. Kicked two goals as well, which obviously helped his score. Um, but only the four contested possessions, so not uh, not a contested possession king, Luke McDonald. But look, maybe maybe it's uh, it's time. Time for a turnaround for Luke McDonald. Uh, only in 2% of teams. Um, I know a few people that started him this year wouldn't have been overly happy, but uh, break even to 63 and he's only 382k. Maybe one for the brave, Chizo. Uh, one for the brave, not one for me. I'm not brave enough. I, I just make stupid decisions like that. No, me. Um, me <laughs> we'll jump into the Magpies and the Dockers. Grundy was huge. He was fantastic. Tom Phillips has continued his amazing year. He has uh, pretty much popped his name into uh, into the hat uh, into the ring 
as one of those uh, guys that missed their draft originally, and he's just showing all those recruiters that they really need to step their game up because he is an incredible talent, and he's only going to keep improving, and that tank is ridiculous. Um, 36 touches and three goals. He's uh, definitely... uh, on the way to becoming a very good midfielder in AFL. It was a good return of form from uh, Taylor Adams, who's had a pretty poor year by his standards, considering he's coming off the back of last year. Uh, but again, another first game of Brody Mycheck, uh Grew up with the cheese, back down in Tassie. He kicked four goals on debut, and uh, that's just uh, great to see him doing that, considering he's uh, generally considered a lockdown defender. Uh, particularly, that's what he played in the VFL last year. There are some job security issues here, Nicey. He is in one of the most traded in players in the uh, the the league at the moment. In in Supercoach, there's a lot of coaches dragging him in. I would be a little bit hesitant to do that, Nicey. What's your opinion? Yeah, Cheezo, I don't think I need to need to harp on my opinion on uh, on first uh, first game players any more than I do on the other podcasts. But I think just wait till he plays the second game and is named in his third. But obviously is a bargain basement defender. Um, if, you're, if you're really struggling and he, and he does get named this week, then obviously, uh, yeah, jump on board because uh, it's just money for jam. Yep, and uh, he went at 100% disposal efficiency, which he, uh, uh, is, is pretty good to, to jack up your super coach numbers. So... Um, Definitely wouldn't be jumping early on him. On the uh, Docker side of things, they had some uh, some good performers, but they uh, just didn't really hit the heights that we thought they would. Collingwood all soaking up the... Uh, there was a lot of tons on their side, so just soaking up all the points. Nat Fife was terrible. Uh, well, not terrible, but he wasn't fantastic. He had a, a four clangers, didn't help. He only had eight contested possessions, which doesn't help his uh, his game style. He also tried to decapitate someone, and he's having to go to... Uh, Tribunal, so it's definitely not helping us in our buy planning here nicely. It, no. it takes me another premium down, and uh, we'll touch on another premium that might be missing from the next game. Walters was pretty good. Pretty happy for those that jumped on. He could have scored a little bit more, but uh, 29 disposals, we're pretty happy. Nine clearances, so um, he's been playing the midfield like we suspected. Luke Ryan here nicely. I do want your opinion. He had 14 kicks, no handballs, eight marks, He's averaging really well for the year. He just knows how to play fantasy football. Yeah, I think he knows how to play football as well, Chizo. He's uh, <laughs> that's he's less important. A, less important. It's less the, it's the oh, fantasy absolutely. football we care about. Absolutely. No, no, no. He's uh, just another one that that sort of uh, we've we've ruined our opportunity at not picking him at the start of the year for uh, for a cheap defender. But he was uh, yeah, just again in that price bracket that we just uh, I was talking a lot about it to you and, and Pistol and, and probably JB as well, but just in that awkward price bracket at the start of the year. But I'll tell you what, if uh, if you did pick him up, you you yeah, just be just be loving life basically. Low score of of uh, of fifty one throughout the year, but that's been his lowest by by quite a way. There's a sixty one in there as well. But um other than that he's cracked the ton, just having a quick look about five or six times, looks like five times from his eleven games. Um so and and has that really high ceiling as well. Uh obviously his high score coming last week uh, with 136, but uh, fantastic player and uh, and one that you you know you could uh, you could sideways trade maybe if you were getting rid of someone like a like a savage or um, just trying to think of of, of a hibbard a hibbard yeah, a hibbard would be like, a really good option yeah absolutely yeah absolutely but um, yeah 523,000 break even of 85 this week most likely to get that one so yeah not not a terrible time to jump on him but again probably another one for after his buy. 
Yeah. Um, another first game player, Stefan Giro. Only the 39 supercoach, but he did have 54 dream team. Uh, the 10 disposals, the four tackles is what will be really... Uh, he, he was a... Equal third most tackles on the ground for mm. um, for the Dockers, so that, that pressure will keep him in in the team. You would think, particularly with uh, Ross coming out saying he's doubling down with the rookies. So um, I'm confident that he'll get another game. I'm just not sure he's going to be a, a great scorer long term. I mean, we saw that with Ed Phillips; he's been absolutely yeah. cutting it, cutting up the VFL, and he hasn't been really uh, getting the same amount of exposure in in the AFL, only around the 50s and 60s and that kind of thing, which is still great for cash generation. So uh, mm. just keep your eye, uh, keep your eye on uh, on him for sure. We'll jump into the final game of the round: Adelaide and GWS. Bit of an upset, I have to say. I didn't think that I, the GWS would do it away from home, particularly with their form. Led was just incredible. Gibbs um, a little bit undersold again. His uh, he only went at sixty six disposal efficiency, which is not bad. Three clangers again, not bad. He didn't give away a huge amount of free kicks, but he got one hundred and forty two dream team, only one hundred and sixteen super coach. That was a, another big score gone begging. Um, Matt Crouch, mate, I know you want to talk about this boy. He did a hammy, and you had to trade him out. Uh, have you done a pistol and brought him back in? That's the thing that I want to know because he he's showing a little bit of value and it looks like he's uh, going to be good in the back half of the year. 18 contested possessions. He's really become that inside mid that he was uh, definitely an outside ball winning um, kind of collecting midfielder, which he still does, but that contested possession ratio is increasing and he does look like a good option. Yeah, well, Crouch just goes around and has, uh, has 30 touches for, for fun, doesn't he? But um, I think... Crouch is not one that I'm looking at at the moment. As you said, I'm 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 on your side with this Chizo. If you trade someone out, that they, they, they got to they got to do something pretty special to come back into my side. But uh, scores of uh, of low hundreds is not going to do it uh, for me and Maddie Crouch. But um, as you said, you know he's looking good, but not one that I'm looking to trade into my side at the moment. The 18 contested possessions does. Yeah, does sort of work well. Obviously, works in his favour, but at a, he's still five hundred and twenty k break even of one hundred and six. Not one that I'm looking at. I think there's probably better options out there. Um, so yeah, Matty Crouch. He's going to have to start pumping out scores of one forty, one thirty, one forty for me to sort of uh, on a regular basis to to look into him and bring him in sort of midway through the season as I did last year. Yeah. Uh, the last one we'll touch on is uh, Dude. He's going to be uh, just making cash right up until he's buying round 14. It's going to be an absolutely perfect time to uh, uh, kind of upgrade him then and uh, potentially even a D6 if you haven't really worked out your, your full team to, uh, to a, a foolish extent and uh, he still remains on your side. I wouldn't be that disappointed. On the giant side of things, the first thing we should touch on is Stephen Cornelio. He only put up 89. We did have 24 touches, two goals, four. He definitely could have uh, put up a 130, 140 if he'd uh, kind of kicked a little bit straighter. Um, but the one thing that we do need to talk about, he did suffer delayed concussion. He got hit in towards the end of the third quarter. He felt okay at three-quarter time, but at uh, the, you know five, ten minutes into the last quarter, they did have to kind of... Uh, uh, pull him aside and uh, and just uh, test him for delayed concussion because he was just starting to get some effects. But uh, we do have to wait towards teams at the end of the round because uh, he could be another one uh, that is uh, out this week along with Fife from uh, a lot of people's midfields here. Nicey, how are you uh, going? Uh, how, are you able to get your head around this one? Because uh, I'm just stressing out. I had my whole buys planned and then I'm missing two midfield guns and uh, I'm down to like... 13 keepers in uh, this week. Uh, sorry, 13 premiums on field this week if these two don't play. 
Yeah, it's it's a tough one, and especially when I wasn't looking at, like I said, not looking to trade hard this week unless unless there were any bubble boys uh, going. But um, Fife and Coniglio, if, if they both miss, um, like I said, I'm fielding a full side at the moment, but um, if they both miss, it it really really dampens that uh, that uh, I guess option of of having your best eighteen scorers on the field. You, you're only going to have you know you're going to have two less two less players to pick from basically un- unless you've got emergencies which is which is going to be um pretty rare in some circumstances i think i've got jack henry and, and lockwood murphy uh on my bench but uh that that's about it unfortunately if uh, if those two miss it could, it's really going to um put a chink in a lot of the guys buy plans and and just uh just a little bit more reason why you can't can't rely it doesn't matter how much planning you do Chizo for the buy rounds there's always going to be a few curveballs in there that sort of really stuff up your <laughs> stuff up your plans yeah, I agree with that one. Uh, Josh Kelly is still working his way into the game after a little bit of a uh, injury concern out for a month and a half. He had 31 touches and 14 contested possessions, but he definitely didn't have the same impact as he did towards the end of last year. And Zach Langdon, Langdon a timely 88, just to kind of boost that cash before we get rid of him, uh, not this round, but probably next for a lot of coaches. His speed was just phenomenal, and uh, he, he just had one of those uh, those games where you're just completely uh, 100% in the zone and just uh, um, uh, just on and just everything's kind of working your way. So um, he was a, a big difference there, mate. Um, it was a definitely a, a good game, and uh, I was uh, really, really happy to have him on field too because uh, that 88 uh, really helped me out this week nicely. Um, that pretty much wraps up all the games that we need to touch on. I do want to touch on one more thing before we go here nicely. Oh, we haven't planned this one. I'm going to just get your raw opinion. Um, would you be advocating trading this week or not trading this week? Are you someone that trades before the buys or holds them before round 11, knowing that most of those trades you bring in are going to have a a, a buy missed at some stage? No, like I said earlier, Chizo, not, uh, not one to be trading this week um, for players that I'm looking to to have in my side long term, but I, I will be picking up, I think, Logan Austin this week um, and any, any others that are sort of on the bubble. Um, none off the top of my head that I can think of, but um, yeah, I think Logan Austin will make an appearance in my side and just sort of just sort of cover uh, the players like uh, Jordan Ridley, uh, 36, Lachlan Murphy, 26, and, and Tim Smith down in my forward line had a, had a 26 as well. So I, I copped a few really low scores this week and was quite lucky to to break the 2,000 mark in the end. But um, the other thing I was going to say, uh, Chizo, just before we jump into the uh, the donations, um, Nat Fife, first time this year that he has scored below 100. So I will be popping in uh, a donation for his low score sub 100. And JB gets off this week with uh, with Higgins uh, scoring well above the ton. So, uh, yeah, my, my first uh, first donation for the year coming come the, to the way of the Cancer Council. Well, you could be clear for next week as well because uh, if he gets his ban upheld, you don't have to worry about donating next week because, uh, oh, this uh, this coming week because he won't be there. Um, Very good point. But just to touch on your your comment on uh, not trading before um, the first multi buy round, the only reason that I would trade and the reason that I am trading for someone like a Logan Austin or a Paula Hearn is because it's a cash grab. Yep. You've got to remember that round fourteen is. It's two thirds of the way through the season. If you're still upgrading in the, before round fifteen, you haven't got a whole lot of, of rounds left to make use of those points. So, what I'm trying to do is just get a, a, a cheeky cash grab here when I can. As long as 
I've worked out that I'll have enough on field during round 12, 13, and 14 multi-buy rounds, making sure I've got at least 18 on field and a good selection of premiums across each week, each week then I'm happy to do a cash grab. So even though that Paul Lahern has the uh, has his buy next week, that uh, that cash that I can get from him allows me to get a Simpson. Um, it allows me to get someone like Yo in the in the back line, um, and just do that that immediate premium upgrade. So that going into round thirteen, I have more premiums than those that have waited that extra week to do the cash grab. Because if you're not getting Paul Hearn this week, you're not getting him next week because he's going to have his buy. Um, you have to get him wait a week after. And yes, he might not even be playing that stage. And I, I know the, the you know the risk that you run with that. But for me. He is always going to be an M10 or an M11. He's not even going to be an M9. So if he's not playing for the rest of the year or if he has an injury, I'm kind of okay with that. I've worked out that I, the way that I've got my team structured, he's just a cash grab for me at this stage. If he makes money down the track, that's fantastic. But he won't be one of those cash cows that gets me to full premium. He might be a cash cow down the line that helps me upgrade my D6 and put um, the likes of a, a Hibbard to D7 or something like that, if I had him, which I don't. So um, that's kind of my thinking around that. I just thought I'd give a you know a, a separate perspective to that because there's two schools of, of thought, and there's no right way to do it. As long as you've got 18 on field, you've got a good selection of, of premiums, you, you're pretty much sweet here. Uh, nicey that pretty much wraps it up uh, uh, wraps up the podcast mate. It's been fantastic to have you on. I, I haven't done a podcast with you in three months, so it's, a, it's great to hear your voice, mate. Absolutely, mate. It's uh, it's been been a good one, and and like I said, uh, great to great to be uh, be with you again. Yep, and if you do like the uh, content community, feel free to give us a, a rating on iTunes. That always helps us get our brand out so that we can uh, find more listeners. And uh, give us a, a, a email to drsupercoachpod, D-R-S-C-P-O-D at gmail.com. Uh, I am trying to get through as many emails as I can. Um, I've just caught up in the last few uh, weeks or so towards the end of the round. So uh, if you do have any questions, particularly about the multi-buy round, shoot them through there. If you're not sure whether an emergency is going to count capital loophole any questions like that we'll cover them hit us up in that and uh enjoy your week and we'll see you for the teams podcast on thursday we'll catch you again soon